coming up on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. I was uh, reaching out to Kevin to see if he would be, you know, one of my uh, guests on a podcast. And he said, what will we talk about? And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's me and you. We'll figure it out. And so he sent me, this is the list that he sent me of potential topics for us to talk about. That time, Jeff, Bobby, and I uh, almost killed Mrs. Galvin. Yes. The Skitter Monster. The time I almost killed my dad in Seminole and me. Getting lost in eastern Tennessee. Flying a plane backwards. Yes. Landing a plane sideways. Yes. I'm thinking I don't want to fly with you, but that's all. Yes. Rosemary Rounds and Monkey Butt Brown. Yes. Lying to buyers. Delivering drugs. However, get it however you want. Knocking people off the lunch counter. Cameron in the mail. The Biddy's New Year's Eve house guest. Hiding in the woods from kidnappers. Escaping Johnson City, Tennessee. The disappearance of Possum Holler. Yes. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Real Life Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, author, speaker, advocate, and someone who loves to hear inspiring, extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm fortunate that I get to meet so many different people, and I'm super excited to introduce you to one of them now. Welcome to my conversation with Kevin Gassaway. So, Kevin, glad to have you here. Thank so, you. It's nice to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm, I'm very honored that you included me. Well, there was no way I wouldn't include you. So my, my goal is to talk to incredibly interesting people, and uh, you're pretty much at the top of the list, so it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Uh, so let's tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Let's get like the basics out. So. Okay. Uh, well, I'm a lawyer okay. in Tulsa. Uh, I have practiced law for about 38 years. I uh, concentrate my practice in family law, and uh, as, as my practice... Uh, has matured over the years. In other words, as I have gotten old, yeah. <laughs> uh, I focus more on parenting coordination and mediation okay. and and sort of the middle parts of uh, family law as opposed to the courtroom arguments and so forth in family law, okay. which I find to be much more satisfying. So you made like a, a total shift in your practice really uh, not too long ago. Is that true? Like to go more towards mediation and well, I am certainly trying to. I still have some contested matters that I'm working on, and I and I still occasionally get involved in those. But for the most part, I, I want to try to focus on the other things, yes. Nice. All right. So in the name of full disclosure, we're friends, obviously. We are friends. You're not a random attorney that I drug up here and said you'd be interesting, an interesting That's guy. That's correct. So we met, um, let me think about that. That would be uh, maybe 10 years ago. So... Uh, I think that's about right. I moved out to Cedar Crest, which probably shouldn't say where this amazing place is we're going to talk about. Bought this little place out about 45 miles outside of Tulsa. When did you buy your place? I'm going to say it was 2004 or 2006, so it would be longer okay. than 10 years. Well, we we bought our place there in 2003 and moved out there full-time in 2005. Okay. So somewhere early on then right. was when you were out there. Well, I'll tell you the thing that... Um, what that I love about that place. It's not necessarily that nature and all that, which is, it is, uh, you know, that's the, the allure for me, but it's the community of people, so. Absolutely. You know. the, the fascinating thing about where we live is it, it is a, a community of some full-time uh, residents who are there year-round, such as, as uh, my wife Rita and I are, and other people who, uh, uh, go up there on the weekends or sometimes for a little bit longer periods of time and 
have places in Tulsa as well. Uh, but it is a very diverse group of individuals, uh, uh, politically, socially, on just about every level that you can think about. It is a rather diverse group of people. And be, I think because of the community uh, as it exists and the fact that it is such a unique place, particularly for this part of uh, being a red state. <laughs> this part of Oklahoma, yeah. uh, and, well, even not even looking at the political side of it, but I, I think because it is uh, unique that people uh, appreciate that and, and we tend to be more accepting of the differences yeah. that exist am among the various different people out there. I think that's it's, true. It's, a, it's just a delightful community. I have many friends out there that I, that I am 180 degrees opposed to on the political spectrum, <laughs> right. uh, but I have a lot of fun talking with them and, and being their friend and, and enjoying time with them. And I think that's um, unusual in today's political climate. Yes. Yeah, and, and unique and for all those reasons. It's, I was watching a TED Talk this morning and the TED Talk listed the top 10 things that create longevity and like they went through what do you think is the number one thing and it looked like people that live longer was it going to be that they don't smoke or that they eat right and the number one thing was their community the pe the community that they very surround themselves with i thought it was fascinating yes, very interesting and i know the blue zones and all that that's all part of you know that where people have community um but you know i i can just say this that when i moved out there and i moved out there full-time for about three years uh, it was life-changing for me because of that. Yes. I had underestimated what community would do for me. Yes. So I spent my whole time, you know, really just thinking about my job and working and all the things that, you know, were going to make me successful. And I'm not going to say ignored that part, um, but for me, so I'm gay and I was disowned by my, you know, You're gay? parents. I know, I know. That's what we're here to tell you today. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to be part of such a momentous <laughs> announcement. <laughs> so, Never knew that. Uh, well, that's actually part of the story. <laughs> so when I went moved out there, it was the first time I was open. Like, I was openly who I was. And and it was okay. So I'm just making your point that And, and as you know, th there are a number of gay couples where we live, and there, and there are uh, an equally large number of uh, heterosexual uh, couples and single people. And, yeah. And um, and it just does not appear to be an issue. Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who think things <laughs> here and there, but, but you certainly don't see that yeah. uh, uh, become an issue. Well, I got an email the other day one of the dinners we did not go to, and I don't know if you sent or somebody did, but I laughed hard that you finally were at a dinner party where there were more straight people than there were gay people. We actually had <laughs> we actually had a dinner party <laughs> with twelve straight people. Wow. And no gay people. That's super. And weird. it was noted. That it was <laughs> an unusual and boring. event. Come on, and boring. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was a little boring. Uh, okay, so uh, I have a couple of uh, you know quick questions for you. Uh, so so Kevin T. Gasway. Yes. And T stands for. T stands for Toller. T O L E R. Okay. And that is my mother's maiden name. Okay. Uh, George right. G. Toller was her father. He was a very interesting civil engineer. Okay. This leads me to, so uh, so I actually printed what you sent me. So I was uh, reaching out to Kevin to see if he would be, you know, one of my you know, guests on a podcast. And he said, what will we talk about? And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, it's, it's me and you. We'll figure it out. And so he sent me, this is the list that he sent me of potential topics for us to talk about. 
which we will not have time for, but I'm going to read you his email in its entirety. All right, Tracy, here's what I've come up with so far. We might need a 13-week series, which I think you're right after reading it. So here's what you said. That time, Jeff, Bobby, and I uh, almost killed Mrs. Galvin. Yes. The Skitter Monster. The time I almost killed my dad in Seminole and me. Getting lost in eastern Tennessee. Flying a plane backwards. Yes. Landing a plane sideways. Yes. I'm thinking I don't want to fly with you, but that's all. <laughs> Making a large jet go around in hot springs. Yes. Wilson's drug and John J. Don Cook. Self Very interesting man. Is it? Yes. <laughs> self stretchers? Is that what was that a typo? Shelf stretchers. Oh, shelf. Should have been shelf. Okay. Uh, Gavinacci? Nanchi? Uh huh. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Rosemary Rounds and Monkey Butt Brown. Yes. Lying to buyers. Delivering drugs, however, get it however you want. Knocking people off the lunch counter. Cameron in the mail. The Biddy's New Year's Eve house guest. I think I do know that story. I think yes, that's what we definitely have to My neighborhood growing up. Miss Maury's placement of her mother in a nursing home. My mother's life. My father's life. My cousin Tony and his work ethic. Tony and the batteries. Hiding in the woods from kidnappers. Escaping Johnson City, Tennessee. The disappearance of Possum Holler. Yes. So uh, I, I most most of course revolved around my youth. Okay. Most of those subjects. <laughs> well, I'm guessing that my, uh, by, by distant wherever it went back way back there youth. Yes. Well, I think that maybe you'll just have your own spinoff podcast. Well, <laughs> is what I. <laughs> that could be. Today I'm going to tell you about the day Bobby and Jeff and I almost killed Mrs. Galvin. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, all right. So uh, we can talk about any of those things, but um, I want to go back to Cedar Crest for a minute because, okay. um, you know, you and I have had so many unbelievable conversations. And, and when I was, you know, out there, uh, you know, living, we dined together quite often. Yes. To, as, as one does yes, there. Yes. yes. Uh, so be, there's no grocery store, just to give everyone a, a tee up, there's not a grocery store within, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I know some people are listening going, are you kidding me that you'd only have to go 20 minutes? But that's like forever when yes. you're out there. So so we would come to your house for dinner often because you're kind of a gourmet chef. Would you consider well, yourself? No. No. Well, I enjoy cooking. Okay. I enjoy cooking. I, I don't think I'm a gourmet you chef. You don't? But I, no, but I enjoy cooking. Okay. Why? So uh, the attorney that enjoys cooking, what's the, what, what happened I there? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, my, mother, my mother was a good cook okay. uh, when, when I was younger and she was younger. Uh, and still with us, but uh, she she enjoyed cooking, and and I didn't particularly, and didn't for a long time. But then, as we had friends here that we uh, kind of reconnected with, who who had also grown up in Ada, where I grew up, and um, they were a few years younger than I was, but we knew each other, we we knew uh, of each other, and we reconnected here in Tulsa. And uh, he, the, the husband of the couple, uh, was, got very much into cooking and enjoyed doing it. And uh, so we kind of started doing that together as an, act, as an activity. And it just developed from there. And, okay. I, and I, I spend uh, way too much time looking at recipes and, <laughs> and thinking about, and, and actually, uh, uh, Rita and I have an arrangement that, I mean, I do most of the grocery shopping and I do most of the cooking and we're both perfectly happy with that. So it works well. So most would call her lucky. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and even better, she doesn't like to shop for clothes. I know. I so. Like yeah, that's. I mean, true. I hit a home run. You, you did. Yeah, no you married up. No question about it. For, for sure. <laughs> no question about it. 
So the other part of that story would be her saying that she would like to cook with you, but you're kind of a nightmare to cook with. Is yeah. that, do you think that's true? I, I, yes. <laughs> I, and and I, my standard line is I wouldn't be correcting her if she was doing it right. Oh. Uh, now I'll have to have her just for balance. I guess. For sure. Yes, probably no, so. No question. So uh, I do remember one at one of our meals, you making the announcement, you're not going to remember this, and you're like, listen, people. I cannot see you for at least a week. You have been, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh, wow, maybe I should really get my own life. <laughs> I, I do not remember. I was have we been together a lot? We had, over, okay. Well, we'd have dinner at your house. I, I'm going to say five out of seven nights at that point. Really? But, but I remember thinking that all of a sudden I lived with you. Like, oh, I wonder what Kevin's making us for dinner tonight. Well, and, there, and you weren't the only one. There have been others well, out there, and you know who I'm talking about. I do, about. and I wasn't going to throw them under the bus. Who, we have, who we've had a lot of contact with. But that's part of the deal there. Uh, well, I'll tell you that one of my uh, favorite things about you cooking, other than enjoying your meals and all that stuff, is how much you enjoy it. But yes. it's when we travel. So we've been all over the world together. We right? have. So we did a Mediterranean cruise. Where did we go? We did a Mediterranean cruise. Yes, we did. And, uh, you know, I mean, and we've had, I will say this, what I've appreciated a lot as well is, that, you know, when you spend that much time together, you're going to have those moments where you're like, you know, hey, I can't see you for a week, you know, how much I, but, um, but I, but we never have let it get like in a weird way where we weren't That's friends with it. And I'm That's very correct. grateful uh, for that. Uh, so. as, as am I. So, uh, we must I'm, both be wonderful people. Yeah, well, no, I've, lo I've lost many friends because they weren't as graceful as you, just so you know. <laughs> we'll talk about them another time. So, so anyway, so back to Is the, this going how you wanted it to, Tracy? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's interesting. It is for me. But yeah. How are you? Yeah, are you well, yeah, we'll just have to see what Mike can do with it. <laughs> okay, so uh, whatever I was heading with that, we've traveled all over the world, but we end up going to a house, usually, and sitting for a week and not necessarily going to explore everything but just to like let you cook and work puzzles and we, read we and have done that yes it's been fun yes so that kind of led but us it's usually been in, in interesting different places oh, where, sure. where there have been pretty pretty scenery and so forth what's well, been your favorite place I, I didn't have to be there oh uh, well I, the trips we've been on the trip to Telluride that oh, we went on because we we accidentally timed it so well, and the and the foliage was all so incredibly right. gorgeous. Yeah. I still get those pictures out every now and then yeah. and look at them because they're just so amazing. So we've been all over the world, and I still think that's like that that week and the way it looked. Top two or three. I'm oh, gonna, no question. Yeah, no question. We were just lucky. Yeah, we I didn't. Think so. We just got there at the right time. Yeah, and if we tried to plan that again, nah, we'd, mess we'd, it up. we'd mess it up. <laughs> we would totally mess, mess it up horribly. Mm -hmm. All right, so so you started uh, traveling by RV, so I want to talk a little bit about that because you've gotten me into this whole new thing. Yes, you have. Now. I know. I yes, you have. And as I tend to do, I went head first. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes. you bought, when did you buy your first RV? Uh, it, it must have been uh, eight years or so ago, I think around 2010, okay. maybe. Our first, your first, first and only, yes. Oh, yes. We we did a, we did a lot of backpacking, which you know you do out of a car, mm -hmm. uh, for a number of years, and then as we got older, we wanted a little bit more comfort, so we ended up getting the RV. We, and we've done some tent camping over the years where we just you know drove up in a car and camped, but then but then we got the RV. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that I would be like the last person on the list of when people go, oh, she was going to go camping. And I would have thought that until 
I saw your pictures and heard your stories and thought, okay, I want to try it. So, you know, rented one last year, and now I'm all in on the on the RV thing. You actually rented a semi that had a, <laughs> that had a, had a camper on the back well, of it, but yeah, yes. yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was sort of on steroids. <laughs> You're so so nice, though. Yes, it was lovely. <laughs> it was lovely. Yes, and everyone knew when you arrived at the campground. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well. So, so anyway. But it, it, but it is a lot of fun. It has been fun. We've enjoyed it. Uh, it's like everything else that we do that's fun. We don't, we don't have enough time to do it. We should do it more often. Yeah. So yeah. part of my, you know, I'm on a plane, as you know, every week at least once. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to do the RVing because it is, uh, you get to kind of catch your breath. I'm, I'm not saying I'm tired of being on a plane. I'm very grateful. I'm grateful to get to go all those amazing places. But when your job is being on a plane, to, you mm -hmm. know, that most of your business is, is out of town, um, to now be more, you know, mindful of, oh, well, I can, I can drive. If it's within 10 hours, I'm going to drive an RV and spend the night, right? Like, so, so I'm... You I can become the John Madden of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of, uh... I could. What is it you do? Yeah, whatever, yeah. What do I do? <laughs> leadership <laughs> training. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, the I John could. Madden of leadership training. I could, I could. Drive your bus all over North America. It'd have to be a big bus. Yes. Well, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So I want to talk about something a little bit serious, if you're okay. willing to go there. Sure. So, uh, so we're talking about all these amazingly wonderful, fun times and all that that we've had. But you gave us quite a scare. I did. Uh, and uh, do you, would Gave you, me quite yeah. a scare, too. <laughs> do you want to give a tee up for that? We or? can. Okay. Let's, we can. So uh, I'm going to say you almost died. Almost died. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's easy to remember. It was 9, 10, 11. September the 10th of 2011, and uh, we, uh, this, the story lasts way too long for this, but it's what it all was, was I had an aortic dissection, mm -hmm. and uh, statistically, that is not the thing you are supposed to have if you want to keep walking on this earth, but I was one of the lucky ones, and uh, I get told that by medical people all the time mm -hmm. uh, to this day when they find out what my history was. I... Um, uh, I have a prosthetic aorta now that uh, keeps me going, and everything's fine. But uh, it was it was one of those things. Still to come on Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. Do you like those questions? No. Okay. <laughs> you think I could do better? <laughs> oh, I think you really need to try a little harder. Yeah. No, I thought those questions. You think they're right? Sure, those are good questions. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm here to tell you about something super exciting. My business partner, Wally Schmader, and I just released our book, The Exceptional Leaders Playbook, and it's available now at theexceptionalleaderslab.com. What you'll find in that book is immediately actionable ideas that you can use in your everyday leadership. No theories in this one. These are tried and true tactics for leaders of all levels. I hope you'll check it out. When I think back on that time, what was what left an impression on me? That there's a funny part and a serious part. You, they actually tried to discharge you to send you home. Yes. So that and, could. And, and my wife told them that I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, I remember. And, and I think the look on her face told 
told them that they needed to keep trying to figure out what was wrong. Yes, and I have, you know, ironically, a, a, a very good friend of mine, actually, uh, he and I shared a room when we took the bar exam, uh, died of the very same mm. thing, and my understanding is that he went to the hospital with some chest issues, and they sent him home, and he died in the shower the mm. next morning. Mm. So that can, ha it, it's difficult to diagnose. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in their defense, it is a difficult thing to diagnose. Uh, when they get a, uh, an old, uh, slightly overweight, you know, middle-aged old man uh, with the chest pain, they assume it's a heart attack mm -hmm. of some sort or angina or something. Uh, aortic dissections are a bit rare, but they do happen. And uh, so, so they don't tend to think in that direction and the, and, and the, the symptoms aren't obvious. Mm -hmm. And because of the way they test for heart attacks, they test every eight hours for uh, three different tests looking at, at enzymes to, to determine whether you've had damage to your heart. And this did not cause damage to my heart. It was my aorta that had fallen apart. So, uh, so in their defense, it's hard to diagnose, but mm -hmm. yes, Rita said, no, we're not going anywhere. And, and they kept me there and finally did a, an MRI or a CT scan, I can't remember, I think it was, yeah. and discovered it. So, so the the big learn for all of us out of that was, you know, that you the, you went in on a Saturday night, if I remember right, wasn't that a Saturday? It we was, were about to have it, dinner. Yes, it a, was a Saturday, and it was diagnosed on Monday. Monday, yeah. yeah. So it was a long. Yes. I remember sitting um, on the floor when I guess you had you were getting your results. It's kind of a blur for me at this point. But I just remember you saying, uh, "No, I'm I'm not going. I'm I'm not going to leave." And we're like, "Why well, are you in pain?" And you were like, "If something is wrong, you just knew something was wrong." And I think too many times people let the medical professionals talk them out of it, don't you? Well, oh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yes. And and I, I I frankly don't remember that. I do remember Rita being rather adamant about, you know, he's not going anywhere until we figure out what has yeah. happened. The, and the the thing that was different, I mean, it was a it was a feeling that I'd never felt before. It was it wasn't painful, but it was a pressure that I felt across my chest. So, well, I'm coming to tell. So when you're in ICU, and we everybody not everybody a couple of people got to go back for 20 seconds. You're not going to remember this, and I have told you, but I'll tell you again so that the whole world can hear. And we'll edit it out if you don't want, but. I remember walking in, and you were very upset because you said somebody was pulling on your penis. Do you remember no, that? No, that's not what. That's not. <laughs> no. I do remember it, but okay. that's not what happened. I know uh, that, so but I, I was catheterized. Yes, uh, because I was just this incompetent blob of humanity, <laughs> and this uh, person working there. I, I frankly don't know who it was, but uh, kicked the the, yeah. uh, the tube. Yes, and I did. It wasn't that he, he was. Pulling on my penis, <laughs> I, I, I said. Uh, that was exactly what you said, I, and then I, we figured it out. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> well, you. It you, was very entertaining. You, it I'm was sure. entertaining. Yes. But at a, at a super stressful whatever, when it you was. blurted that, I was like, oh my god, he's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, the thing about that whole deal that 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 is that I sometimes think about is, I was in surgery for. A long time, yes. I don't know, seven hours, nine hours, something like yeah. that, and completely oblivious to the fact that there was a waiting room full of friends and family yeah. who who were just, I, I guess, 
holding vigil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and everybody handled it in different ways. Yeah. I know my mother was there driving people crazy, and and uh, uh, but of course, I, you know, none of that. Yeah. Yeah. The time you don't it's remember. Not, not part of my deal. Yeah. Yeah. As far as that whole thing was concerned. Well, I'm glad you listened to your own, you know, uh, yes. body on Me that. Too. All right. So we'll go back to funnier stuff. Um, so la just the last couple of things, and I'll let you get out of here. So I'm going to ask you like five quick questions, and I'm going to try to see if these are going to be the five. Like every time somebody comes in, like I'll ask them. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to ask you if you think those were the good five questions. Okay. All right. So the first one. So is, I have to answer the questions and tell you what I think of the questions. Not right after the question, but at the end of okay. all the questions. Okay. All right. All right. So what's your greatest fear? Uh, I don't know that there's much I'm afraid of, really. Mm. Uh, I. I think you reach a point where uh, you realize that the, that the world is a dangerous place. <laughs> uh, life is uh, unpredictable, and uh, there are so many things I don't have control over. Okay. I, I don't think there's a lot that I sit around and fret about okay. as far as being afraid of things. I, I mean, on a kind of a mundane thing, I, I, I don't have a problem flying, but I don't really like heights. Oh, okay. Uh, the St. Louis Arch, looking out those windows, that, those windows that lean over yeah. that so you can see the ground really yeah. kind of bothers me. But I'll get in a little airplane and fly and I'll have a problem. So, so, the, so the, I've never been in the Arch, but it's not because of the height. It's because of the tiny enclosure yeah. to get up there. So for me, it's... But, but the fear, you know, acrophobia or claustrophobia, that's kind of boring. You don't, yeah. you don't want to talk about that. No. I mean, yeah. you, you wanted a better answer well, than... Well, I, I mean, I thought you'd say, well, I didn't know what you'd say. Like, I know mine, obviously. You know my biggest fear. Well, public speaking. <laughs> no, <laughs> it used to be. Snakes. Oh, snakes. Yeah, 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 yeah snakes. Yeah. Well, I don't like snakes, snakes. either, but I, not, I'm not like you are. Yes. Snakes and somebody putting eggs in my food. Yes. All right, so back to you. Uh, uh -huh. which, what do you have uh, any regrets? Like what, like if you look back and go, uh, You know, uh, when I uh, went to college, out of high school, I went to Center College of Kentucky, uh, which was a school that it's, a, that'll be another episode of how in the world did they end up in Danville, Kentucky. Okay. It was a little small liberal arts school, had 800 students. My father was thrilled that I got accepted and went there because he thought that's where I needed to be okay. in, a, in a liberal arts school because he wanted me to go to law school even though he was acting like he wasn't pushing that he was and uh, and I was a uh, I had a great time for two years and I was a miserable student mm. uh, no that's not right I was a dismal student I was very happy but I wasn't <laughs> a very good student okay and uh, I wish I had done better at center and and I wish I had completed four years of undergraduate school there. They had no graduate programs there. It was strictly an undergraduate school. Great school, great community, um, really well-respected uh, small school. And I wish I'd had the maturity at that time to succeed there. And I, and I really do regret that. I mean, yeah. I went to OU and everything ended up fine. Yeah. But I, I and maybe that's boring, but that uh, that's something. I wish I had had the maturity. And frankly, I think I should have. I think I was a typical slowly developing male. Mm. And I think I should have. I've always sort of thought a couple of years of, of national service would be good mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to being drafted. I mean, if we're fighting a war, of course, yep. you go do that. But, but uh, I agree. I, I think I could have used a couple of years of growing up before I went to college. I think that's a good idea even now, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, how it do you know? To me. Yeah. Right. 
At 18? Yes. 19? You, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't I, know I think what tough. I was doing. Do you, so if you had it to do over again, would your career be an attorney? Um, probably. A lot, a lot of the, the work that I do now as a parenting coordinator and the guardian ad litem work and mediation work very definitely has a psychology bent to it, and uh, that would have been another area that I've that I've thought about, and and uh, you know I think I could have could have just as easily gone in that direction, but I had the whole family lawyer thing yeah. that drove me in that direction. Yeah. So. Okay. So here's one. What uh, what talent would you most like to have? I, I wish I was more musical. Really? I wish I could. Yeah. I wish that they told me when I quit piano lessons that I would regret it, and I do. Is that yeah. would that be what you'd want to be? Uh, I just wish I had some musical talent, and I, and I wish I could sing, and yeah. I can't. I, I'm a lousy singer, but okay, yeah. I, I wish <laughs> I had some musical or or some artistic, you know, paint yeah. or something. I, I just don't. I didn't get. I didn't get any of that. Hmm. No, no right brain. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite quote or motto that you? Well, you know. Uh, uh, my, uh, it actually hangs on my wall. It's part of my inheritance from my father. It's an old thing that he had in his office that I remember as a very young child figuring out what it really meant. And the saying is, life ain't in holding good cards, it's in playing a bad hand well. Mm. And I sort of like that. I like and, I, that. and I like it because it was something that my father had and that it was something that I figured out as a fairly young child what that was all about. Yeah. Nice. So. Do you like those questions? No. Okay. <laughs> you think I could do better? <laughs> no. I think you really need to try a little harder. Yeah. No, huh? I thought those questions you think were right. Oh, yeah, sure. All those right. were good questions. Uh, uh, if you uh, fly a Cessna 150. Okay. Uh, and you get it right down close to the stall speed. It stalls around 42 miles an hour. It, it loses its ability to stay in the air. Okay. That's what a stall is. The engine's right. still going like crazy. All right. But the angle of attack gets so steep that it, it won't, can't recover. It, it won't. Yeah, and it'll it'll flop over, and then then it'll recover. But if you get it down just right above the stall speed and fly it into a wind that is moving faster than that, you go backwards, oh. and it is quite entertaining. Interesting. I, I did that one time. Was that intentional? Did one time in a well, I had a flight instructor with me. Okay. Uh, and, and it was real windy, and he said, "Oh, we're gonna have fun." <laughs> and we go out there, <laughs> and we get that thing pointed into that wind, and it was bumpy and everything. But you, he said, "Look at the ground." I look out, and the ground's going that way. I've never, I've never heard it's of that. Fascinating. Uh, and Ada, Oklahoma, trained military pilots. They had, they had a. 5,000-foot runway okay. in a little old Ada, Oklahoma, yeah. and it was very wide. And when you were doing a sh with enough of a crosswind, you could land from one side of the runway to the other. Which, oh, that's a wide. Which we did. <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, it's a wide runway, yeah. but it doesn't take much to, to plop one of those down if the wind's hard enough. Yeah. You, you slow it, way, same thing, you slow it way, way, way down, and you just kind of go clunk, and it, <laughs> it just sort of rolls a few feet and stops. <laughs> You know, I took my first flying lesson, and after you and I had, you uh -huh. told me some of those, you know, uh, stories, and then you remember finding that plane for like $19,000 and prior, and you were like, well, get your license and we'll buy it. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'll do that, and then I'll fly to all my gigs. And I went and took my first lesson, and of course, you know, they walk you around and show you everything, and they put me in this, I'm sure you'll know what it is, but it's just, I'm just going to call it a beater. It'd be like getting mm -hmm. in a 
a hoop tease, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you call it. But I get in and literally like there's no seat in the back, you know, and Rose got to go. She like sat in the belly of the plane and I couldn't see over the, at all. And so, you know, he's- Where was this? It, this was at uh, Jones. I think it was okay. at Earl Jones. Was it a tail dragger? I mean, was the third wheel on the back? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so we're, as we're going down and I can't see anything, right? Mm -hmm. Literally the dash is here. And so I'm like, okay, I can't see, you know, like I'm forgot to freaking out. And so he reached, oh, sorry. And he starts, so he's driving the plane, trying to crank my seat up. So now it's like from here to here and I can mm -hmm. barely, and he takes off and he's told me an hour worth of, you know, things that could go wrong in a, mm -hmm. in a plane. Mm -hmm. And so as we're taking off, that plane started like, you know, and I'd never experienced this with the wind. Like, like something was like, you know, hitting it underneath. And once we finally got up to the top, I go, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I'd, I'd, I would not, I'd not, I don't want to fly this. And so he turned around and we landed and, you know, Rose said, so you're not going to want to fly planes? I no, go, thank you. oh, no, I don't want to fly this plane. I would like to learn how to fly jets. Not, <laughs> yeah. This isn't yeah. at all yeah. what so I had in give mind. Me John, give me John Travolta's <laughs> number. I want to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was way more interesting. So, so anyway, there's my plane, George. Uh, all right. Well, you know, Charles Lindbergh had no windshield. He, he could not see out there. He just had windows on the side. No. That plane did not. It had, they, they built in so many gas tanks to get him across the ocean that there, there just wasn't room to have a windshield. So he just looked out the side. And when you're landing, when you're landing like that, you just sort of you, you yaw it to the side to look and see where that runway is and then straighten it back up again. Okay, so do you think Amelia Earhart, what, what's your theory? I think those are her bones. You do? That's my guess, yeah. Okay. I think, she I think she crashed and lived. And so you did you see that documentary recently where they thought they saw yeah, her on the side? Yeah. That's totally not her. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they disproved it. I think that they actually something happened. The guy, the guy ended up being another guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So are we done? I think we're done. What am I gonna do for fun now? I don't know. I think I need to go come, home. I'm come, all. I'm all. You're all worried, <laughs> worn out. Actually, I have to go talk to the Honorable Terry Bidding. Oh well, good luck with that. Thank you. Well, I want to say thank you for your time. Well, I know you're. you're you this, I'm sure this cost you. You don't want to hear about Miss Galvin or landing sideways. Totally. Or any of that stuff? So this was the podcast to introduce you. And then to get him to go, oh my God, I need more I'm of that guy. I'm sure and then, this is bound to be viral by when? <laughs> tomorrow? Tomorrow noon, maybe? Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll do like a, you know, once a, every so often you'll come in and we'll start picking those stories off. Okay. So All thank, right. Thank well, thank you. you very much for having me. I'm, I'm really quite honored. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you said yes. And, and, and I will tell you, and you didn't ask me to do this. The, the last time I saw you do your thing, as I have told you, I will now tell the camera. You blew the crowd away. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. To find out more about our books, online courses, and other resource materials, check us out at tracyspears.com. I was born in 55. My dad would have been in that office where he was for a long, long time. Uh, same Deacon Gasoline Davidson. Uh, he would have been in there certainly by 1960 or so, and um, and, and my recollection is that I was and probably had ridden my bike down to his office mm -hmm. in a small town, Oklahoma, and being I don't know, seven or eight years old, and that suddenly clicking what that all meant and what it was about. Which, How about that? 
Uh, my, my sister's version of that story, she went, she was applying for colleges and went to my dad and said, how much money do you make? He's out <laughs> working in the, in the driveway. And she's, and he says, who wants to know? And she said, I'm filling out this college application. He said, tell them it's none of their damn business. And, you know, she's got emotional and said, you know, I'm trying to get him to college and they want to know. And he yeah. said, well, I make too much for you to qualify for financial aid anyway, so don't worry about it. You just put on there, what, what's the top? She told me, he said, yeah, check that one. Not that he made all that much money, but yeah. <laughs> the, the, the scales were low. And uh, she looked at him, she said, why are you this way? <laughs> he said, well, because when you're blowing me in the ground or putting me wherever it is you're gonna put when it's all over, I want you to look at that box and say, you know, the old son of a bitch bought them every inch of the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, sure has been fun. All right, you. Appreciate you.